This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This is our first in a series of three Halloween films that will take place close or in October. So this week we are doing The Addams Family to see if our nostalgia is warranted. So, Sarah, you brought this up, meaning you're going to have to do the 60-second synopsis. Off air, we know that you're not prepared for it, but we're going to see how this goes. Let me get my. <laughs> yeah, we are. What is that? <laughs> I was trying to like wet my throat so I could get through this real well, but I got. She's trying to ice. delay while she comes up with what she's going to say. Oh no! I never come up with what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no one will make the mistake of thinking Sarah is prepared. Okay, let's do this. All right, you're going to start in three, two, one, go. We are introduced to the Adams family, a gothic morbid family that consists of two parents, a grandmother, two kids, a butler, and a hand. Um, they are dealing with their money, yearly money issues with their Jewish money accountant guy. He owes money to some evil lady who <laughs> threatens him with her son, and they decide to pass the son off as a relative of the family. I don't remember the rest of the plot. <laughs> um anyway the gold, they, the vault. they they pass the son off the the woman's son off as fester the uncle of the family he infiltrates his way in but starts feeling like he wants to become a part of the family they try to steal the, the gold it turns out fester gordon is actually fester the bad guys get sucked into a book no they just die i don't remember <laughs> they get and wise. in the end okay. everyone's happy Wow. Uh, Good enough. job. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got all the major points, I think. Uh, to clarify, um, the villains do not get sucked up into a book. They do they not. Get oh, they get blown away into a by the hurricane, book. get blown out a window and into open graves where they die on screen. But there they, is they get a book involved, alive, don't they? I well, forgot the the book blows yes. out, not sucks in. Because yes, I'm pretty correct. sure doesn't doesn't Pugsley say, "Are they dead?" And then I, and Wednesday says, "Does it matter?" Yes, that is a line. <laughs> this this one was a little harder to like have a cohesive like. This is the plot because there's a lot of just like minor like plots. It's just like here's the family, here's the family right. doing stuff, here's a and guy, here's another so, guy. There actually, it is play. So I had to look this up, but the guy is not their accountant. It just says he's a lawyer. Yeah, he's he is their the, lawyer. We will get into it, but, but the, let first let me say we are getting into long form and say Sarah, you could have just said this is the Adams family because true. this is such a cultural touchstone that I can't imagine anyone not have seen it who was alive at this time. It's true. Uh, I didn't. It, <laughs> I knew. I know. Obviously, everyone knows of the Adams family because of the TV show. This right, actually, right. I think, was the first time I have ever watched this movie all but, the way through. But had you seen anything? Had you seen the cartoons? Had you okay. seen the yeah, comic? Had comic you seen? Before. No. 
It was no, well, no, no. It was the controversy. But, TV but you were aware of it through like cultural osmosis. Like yes. if somebody said the Adams family, you could identify them from a picture. Mm-hmm. Could could you seen do the theme song? Uh, no. Ba-da-da-da. Because my fingers don't work. Oh, anyway, but it was it was a. <laughs> he says com- as he snaps. <laughs> it was a comic first, and then it was the TV show. Then it was a cartoon. I think it was like a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then. That sounds familiar. I never watched it, but I knew that it existed. I think it was the movies, and then I think it was... There was a revival of the TV show that wasn't very good for, like, a season. There's been a lot of versions. Right. Uh, So this was their first screen outing. Uh, I think they had excellent casting. But this became a, a cult classic in 1991. So to go over the cast, like... Wednesday Adams is the best because Christina Ricci was born to play this role. Oh, uh, Christina Ricci is is so good, and to think she was like eleven when oh, she did that yeah. movie. Oh yeah, she is so small and so creepy. Uh, at one point, she she smiles with like her eyes widened and rolled back, so you can see like the whites behind them, and then like just the the upper part of her teeth just barely coming into her lip. Just, I can't do that. Yeah, I'm doing it for them. Our podcast <laughs> listeners won't understand what there's, that look is. There's just well, a silence as we attempt to make this face. Well, um, and she does all the creepy movies because she was in Casper, which is right. not quite as creepy as this, but more recently she's been in, in some, some like, made-for-TV thing about Lizzie Borden, and yeah. she has the same creepy look I on mean, her face. I mean, she's just, she's got she the perfect face for yes, that's also innocent but creepy. She was also uh, in some werewolf movie, I think, with Joshua Jackson. Hmm, maybe I don't know. I'll have to look right. that up. Other people in this film, we have Raul Julia playing Ooh, Postman. I love Adams, Raul Julia. He, he, who is just eating the scenery in every scene. And with the with with Adam's family, where everything is so big and so elaborate and so like morbid and and weird, you mm-hmm. have to do that. You you have yeah. to be like this caricature, but this. This caricature that you believe. You believe mm-hmm. these characters. Like yeah. he makes he makes um Gomez so lovable. Like, <laughs> yes. like And he's, he's completely like, over the top. He doesn't care about anybody who's not a part of his family or under his employ. He's just he's just oh, he's just so lovable, like the way like he treats his This is one of the things and I mentioned it way later in my notes, but mm-hmm. the thing I've always loved about the Adams family and it, is it it's pretty thing? much every or, well, no, it's pretty much every incarnation of the Addis family is they're this weird, morbid, gothic family, but they're not an unhealthy family. Right. The family eats dinner together. They have conversations. The parents love each other. They're supportive of each other's interests. All that sort of things. Like, this is a family that communicates and mm-hmm. interacts together and lo- seriously loves each other. They just have weird, different interests. Right. I wrote it down as this is wholesome, morbid humor. Yes. Where it's like, it, it'd be as if Leave It to Beaver meant the Mudsters. Yeah. Yeah. The Excuse you. are pretty... <laughs> hey, I mean, those are not, not neither, neither of those. <laughs> neither of those is a movie. I think... Yeah, I don't think the Mudsters had a movie. Why didn't the Mudsters have a movie? Uh, because Adam's family existed. You would think. I, I think the, the Mudsters had a pretty healthy family relationship, too. Those two I always confused on, like, not the plots, but, like, trying to remember when, like... They had reboots. I'm like, was that the Monsters or Adam's Family? Because Monsters, they had like a TV movie reboot. The Monsters had a cooler car. That's, That's true. true. They had but like they a had hot like rod. A TV movie reboot a couple, a few years ago that had, I think had Eddie Izzard in it. And I was like, but I was trying to think. I was like, was that the Monsters or was that Adam's Family? Because like 
if I actually remember the plots and the families, I'm like, oh yeah, they're totally different. But trying to think of like when and like after the original shows they got rebooted, it's like, eh. Yeah, it's it's Everyone, kind of a gray area. Every once in a while they're like, we need like some gothic horror sitcom rebooted. Which one haven't we done recently? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Still going through the cast. We have Angelica Houston as Morticia Adams. She's she's probably one of my favorite actresses. I love her in so many things. Did you like her in Captain EO? I did actually love her in Captain (laughs) EO. She plays the bad guy who then becomes this beautiful lady when she's rid of evil. (laughs) Um, No, but like she's very good at this very stately, gorgeous, like, a, almost aristocratic woman mm-hmm. and she pulls it off so effortlessly yeah i love the character because she is the the touchstone or the linchpin of the family whereas gomez is off and he is eccentric he's doing his own thing she is the one holding the family yeah. together gomez is kind of childlike yeah in that everything is exciting to him like he loves his family he loves his wife he loves all these things but he's not super grounded. Right. And, like, we see this in this film because um, Morticia is the one who gets the kids ready to go to the auction. She's the one who watches Wednesday take a knife and says, well, that's not a knife. Here's a knife. And gives cleaver. her, like, a butcher's blade. It's like yeah. a cleaver. So she's t- she is taking care of the kids. She's getting them where they need to go. She is making sure they ho- have appointments. And then Gomez is just having the time of his life. But yet together they make this very great team. And it's mm-hmm. just, and they yeah. love each other, and they love today. Oh, how long has it been French. since we waltzed? Oh, hours. Hours. <laughs> so how did you guys feel then about Christopher Lloyd as Fester? I love I love him in this role. <laughs> I, I love every, well, there's one character. Christopher Lloyd is always good. Oh, he is. Yes. <laughs> I don't disagree. Very- because cause he's he's padded out. He Christopher Lloyd yeah. is a skinny man. Yeah, that the body horror that is his costume was a little bit much for me. Where it's well, it's clearly not his body. Like his face doesn't match the body that they I, yeah. I very quickly forget that is kind of what it is. Because guess that's what Fester is in a lot of things. Like yeah, that obviously he is an not, overweight man and well, Christopher and a Lloyd lot of times isn't. it is some padded out person that like that person is not. Most people are not shaped like that. <laughs> Most people are not shaped like... I think Fester is one they really... Fester and probably Lurch are the ones they keep really cartoonish, kind of in mm-hmm. silhouette. Yeah. And and so you kind of forget because that's kind of how they've always been, is very cartoonish in their silhouette. Well, I think Morticia is there as well because oh, she yeah, is very much like an Elvira type where she is a very long black dress and she's kind of gliding along the floor well, instead of walking. She- I, I looked up stuff and Angelica Houston, like she talked about how the outfit they do to do this one, she has like this like duct tape facelift where like they use tape to pull her eyes back to make it this very slanted winged eye. And she's wearing this very tight corset. She has the hobble skirt mm-hmm. that is very tight and thing. So you can't, and she's like, I can't sit down. I can't relax the whole time <laughs> of filming. So it was this very uncomfortable costume, but it was like, this is what you get to get that silhouette and have that image and it also helps that she was a model and she's like a million feet tall (laughs) yeah another thing that they do which would have been a harm for her to film it is they make a a very stark contrast with her because clearly she's wearing white matrix makeup which uh contrasts with her black hair which is engulfing her face but they also are a lot of times shining a light on just her eyes 
to make that uh, distinction all the more clear. And it just gives her like almost a, uh, I want to say like a glowing personality. Like she's hiding in shadows and her, her eyes are the only thing that's really watching you. Yeah, there's they're very good like with like the makeup and the costumes, like this exaggeration of these people. Mm-hmm. And so like you see it even with Wednesday too of having that very, very pale, like almost China doll and casting Christina yeah. Ricci really exaggerates that how tiny and how round faced she is and how pale she is. And like, she's just this little China doll that says stuff about like, I'm going to go electrocute my brother. <laughs> and as a child, I thought that was great. I'm like, I want to be that person. <laughs> well, as a child, not like electrocute right. good news, <laughs> you became that person. <laughs> I, I said in an earlier episode that my sister and I were weird, morbid children. <laughs> we're also weird, morbid adults. <laughs> All right, well, that's all the names I've written down. So I'm going to pull this up to get more of the plot. Because I want to um, talk about, like, Pugsley as well. And I can't remember who played him. I don't know if he's done a whole lot since. The one thing... I that- did notice one... Well, not Pugsley. There was a kid... Um, you talking about the Girl Scout kid? No, the, no, no, no. It oh. was it was guy. And I, it took me a while because it was one of the little kids. And I was like, I know his face from somewhere. I think he was the kid from Jurassic Park that they slashed his guts open with the raptor claw at the beginning. Oh, <laughs> right. Yes. He was the, the son in the play, the elf. Yeah. I th- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. He was the, the kid who didn't believe raptors were cool. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I think so it was the same kid. We've gotten through the people who like. We're famous outside of this because obviously Angelica right. Houston is a huge name and from like an acting dynasty. Right. Um, so I did look up Punksley Adams uh, as the credits were going. This is the one that I pointed out to my girlfriend. That sounds like a fake name because Punksley <laughs> Adams is played by Jimmy Workman. <laughs> okay, but but one of the parts that. I had forgotten that this part gets recast in the sequel. Oh, really? That I was a little disappointed with is the grandmother. And she wasn't bad. I liked her. But the problem is in the sequel, she's played by Carol Kane. And I love Carol Kane. And so I'm thinking of Adam's Family Values where Carol Kane is like this crazy over-the-top witch of a character. Yes. And I'm like, oh, it's not Carol Kane. I want Carol Kane Like the same role she played in uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'm like, I want Carol Kane back because I Carol Kane has like A plus comedic timing. I love yeah. her in I mean, Princess she's, Bride. She's I love, basically playing the same role in the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> and I love her in um, Scrooge when she just whacks Bill Murray constantly <laughs> with her wand. That may be my Christmas choice because I just really oh, want to see that Scrooged. movie. Oh, <laughs> but God. so that was my one disappointment with the casting. And it wasn't because that actress was bad or anything. She did no. a really good job. It was just, I love Carol Kane. <laughs> I want her back. So when we get when we eventually get to Adam's family values, which sure. someday we will because you have to, it's it's great. Um, <laughs> I will talk about my love of Carol Kane some more. <laughs> well, good and or great. All right, so let's round out the cast then. Uh, so left over we have oh god, uh, we have Lurch, who is just Lurch. He does a great job. He doesn't say anything. We have Thing, which I think they did a really good job with the effects in this movie. Like, yeah. not all of them hold up, but the Adams Family is such a property where, like, you don't really care. There's enough of a theme there where if it's like some of these effects haven't hold up, I can see the blue from the blue screen because they couldn't remove all of it from that time. It's like, yeah, it's whatever. I, I, I like that on Wikipedia it's Christopher Hart's hand as Thing. Yeah. Not yeah. Just Christopher Hart. 
But now we are getting to my least favorite role of the film. Uh, Elizabeth Wilson, who played uh, the mother or Dr. Greder Pinderschloss. I had mixed feelings about her. I hated. You had hated. mixed feelings about her as a character or as an actress? Oh, as a character. All right, I don't as know the character. I hated that had. accent. I don't know why they kept it. It's unnecessary. It was supposed to be fake. Yes. She didn't use it for part of it, and then she added it in when oh, she was the it's doctor. It's supposed to be fake, but it is so grating to listen to. See, for me, it sounded very much like some of the really bad fake German accents in Young Frankenstein, so Mm -hmm. I thought it worked really well. Yeah, I thought it was okay because it was supposed to sound terrible like that. If it sounds fake, that's fine. To me, it was so grating to the ear, and she has such long monologues that you're forcing the audience to listen to it for minutes on end, and it drove me nuts. I wanted her off the screen as soon as possible. I will agree I didn't like listening to her talk, but she was just one of the more boring characters to me, but Mm -hmm. the the accent itself wasn't the problem for me. For me, it was more just like, how can you not realize she's the bad guy, (laughs) you people? And and like, you have to, because I mean, this is is a kind of... um, It's it's a goofy comedy. I couldn't think of the word I wanted for what kind of comedy. And so like... Yeah, and, and kind of kooky. Thank you, but but so they're supposed to be. It, it's supposed to be exaggerated. Everything's supposed to be exaggerated, and so these things about like not getting hints that are so obviously audience. Like that's mm-hmm. the point. Like all of these things that like fester. Like not getting things about the family that like immediately to be like yeah, this is a red flag. Everyone's like, no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. He just doesn't remember. Like. <laughs> It, it's Except that they ex- did say that, oh, that's not Fester. He doesn't know right. this. He doesn't know well, this. We will, we will get to that does, as well. Gomez doesn't quite as much. And, but the, like, the things that should be red flags that they don't put out, well, and you're like, oh, they're so dumb. Well, that's kind of the point because it's supposed to be this exaggerated. Yeah, none of that makes sense. Mm-hmm. This is obviously like them making it up on the fly. Anyone would get that. But these weird characters don't because... Right, they don't understand regular human interaction. Now, while while we're on the subject of the mother, I liked her character when she was just herself and not pretending to be a German doctor because the relationship between her and Fester is interesting. It's creepy, but it it clearly... It worked well with the character to explain why Fester, who likes these people, would keep betraying them. It's because his mom keeps manipulating him over and over again. She would probably be one of the darker things in this movie. Yeah. Because everything else, like, that is quote-unquote dark, like, oh, Mm -hmm. we're electrocuting our brother, we're digging up dead bodies, things like that. Yeah, it's played for They're played off as jokes. This is serious, like mental abuse and like manipulative behavior that is very uncomfortable and gross and like that's the point because she is a she is the villain she is the true Mm -hmm. villain of this movie yeah her and the lawyer the lawyer is a schmuck yeah Yeah, he's just weird although you know we didn't talk about him we went through the cast yeah he had a recurring role in cheers and it was basically the same character (laughs) (laughs) he I I don't, he didn't seem that much different to me in this than he did on the TV show, but... No, this is, I think this is this character actor's shtick. This is what he does, is he plays really uh, despicable characters with very low morals. Likeable person on uh, Clueless. He plays the dad... And he's fine. Okay. I've seen this actor do this thing multiple times. Yes, he does do this a lot of times. But on, I will say on Clueless, he is a nice person. <laughs> uh, but 
I liked his villain because he was he was kind of just as dumb as the Adams were. Yes. Yeah. And he, he was he was just trying to to get money from them, but he didn't know quite how to do it. And his family leads into one of my favorite subplots on the movie, which involves his wife. Yeah, and, and a and cousin, a hair monster. And cousin it, which I love I love this this subplot, which is his wife, while at a party, meets cousin it, the hair monster. Yeah. Who is played by the same guy who played the bad guy in Children of the Corn. Oh. Um I don't remember what that character's name was. It was something biblical, and he was evil. Um, Methuselah. I don't know. Eli, Solomon. Eli? Eli, maybe. Eli. Uh, yeah, was Eli? I think. Anyway. I don't remember. But she eventually, when they, they have this kind of tryst at the party, and she's like, no, I can't leave my husband, but we've had this magical night. Eventually, when her husband, at the end, gets thrown into a grave to maybe or maybe not be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, she then gets with cousin it. And yeah, they, and she's in a loving together. relationship finally. And and I love the fact that when they have her at the end, she really hasn't changed personality because she's mm-hmm. this perky, upbeat, like suburban housewife thing, and she fits herself into the Adams family without really changing her her personality because the Adams family are very like in some ways they're very accepting of people. They're very mm-hmm. confused by other people's behaviors but they're not very like they're not mean they're just they don't understand them and so when she comes in like they form this weird relationship and she's still upbeat and she still calls like the kids like these little cutesy pet names but she's but she's just part of the family now i will say at the end they kind of forget that she has a child Oh, I forgot he, about him. He doesn't exist, even maybe, though the father is dead maybe and she's it was at a, a party. Stepson and she hated that child. <laughs> maybe got sent to boarding school. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it's in counseling to deal with the weird death of his father. But uh, the thing I loved about the party scene, which is where she meets cousin It, is that they do a thing where It comes in and he's driving this very unique vehicle that would only work for a hair monster. Um, And (laughs) they have an interaction between cousin It and Lurch. And cousin It is speaking in like weird (laughs) trimes. Yes. And Lurch is just speaking in grunts. And they have a conversation back and forth without dialogue at all. I thought that was great. It's the, it's like a two second seed, but I really appreciate it. The actor who plays Lurch has some great facial expressions because with that character, he doesn't talk. Yeah, you have to do everything through facial expressions, and you completely understand that character. You understand every emotion he is having just through like eyebrow raises and kind of grunts and things like that. And it's like, good job. Yeah, it works really well. Uh, let's see. I lost my notebook. <laughs> I found it. Oh, By the way, yeah, it go was ahead. Isaac, not Eli. Isaac. Oh, Isaac, the other biblical name, the only other biblical name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so another thing I really enjoyed in this film is the games that Wednesday plays with Pugsley. Because we see on screen uh, like this mock William Tell thing, though they're doing it in a much more dangerous way, where Pugsley has the apple in his mouth and Wednesday is holding the crossbow. And then later on, Pugsley is in a uh, an electric chair and Wednesday is playing a game called Is There a God? Uh, it, now we're all out of order. I don't know where any of my notes are. <laughs> oh, um... I do want to make I, a note here. 
so when the grandmother is cooking, she actually does a pitch game for us uh, because she has books open for her cooks, and it's Grey's Anatomy meets The Joy of Cooking. Yeah! Oh, and then later on in the film, uh, where they lose their money, Morticia gets a new job. She does a basically a TV guide game for the Hansel and Gretel story, where she makes children think about what the witch felt when she got shoved yeah. into an oven. I just like during that part that Gomez is just like watching terrible daytime TV <laughs> show and is just like this sad, like, yeah. mo- and he keeps calling the, the oh, Sally Jesse Ricky Lake, Raphael. Or is it, okay. No, it's Sally Jesse Raphael or whatever. Yeah. What happened to her? Uh, I don't know. Died. But she's like, stop calling her. We don't know where they live. My <laughs> favorite line there was uh, Morticia's like, do you want to go for a drive, darling? And he's like, and Miss Gilligan? Ralph Julia is so good. <laughs> um, but I have to say, throughout this whole thing, like, the prop set staging people are so good. Like, like the whole sets are so good. And I have one note, which is, at the very beginning, there's this antique, like, cuckoo clock, like, Swiss cuckoo that clock. That was my first legitimate family, laugh of the film. Which, my, my question is, where do you go to get that style of clock? Like, the Adams family has some hookup with these very, like, artisan people to get themselves their custom Swiss-style cuckoo clock. So, the that laugh of the film is the film starts with it, the clock is chiming and the cuckoos are coming out to do their thing. And one is Morticia and one is Gomez and they meet in the center. And naturally, like, in other cuckoo clocks, both would lean forward and do a kiss. But in this one, Morticia leans back and Gomez leans forward. So, her face is, his face is just going right into her bosom. Yes. There are definitely some, like, very, I mean... This isn't a kids' film. I'd say it's no. a family film, yeah. but it's not a kids' film. Right. It's. It, I think, yeah, family film is the right way. There's something for the adults so they can appreciate the film. There's a lot of things for the kids so that they can appreciate the film. It's not for any one audience, but it's wholesome yeah. enough that you could sit down and watch this with your child but, and not be bored. But they do not hide whatsoever that Gomez and Morticia are still very much in love with each other and... And just make out constantly. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Marg, Sarah cut you off there before you were going to say something. Do you remember what that was? Do. No? No. Okay. Oh. When did she thing? cut me off? What I don't know. I you say? looked like you were going to say something, and then, like, no, she started that. talking. Anyway. Also, also, at the very beginning, there's Christmas carolers, and they pour oil uh, on yes. them. Wanna what talk were they about singing? They're, these are the, the most pretentious Christmas carolers I have ever seen, because they're singing, like weird harmonies and then suddenly they go into this like non-words random harmonized ah part and i'm like just sing the songs just sing the normal songs Wait, like normal human beings they what? started with the carol of the bells yes but after that before they get the oil poured on them they're just into this very like stylized version they're not just singing a carol like it's a full song and i'm like you guys are so pretentious just sing the song you don't need the extra harmonies the Adams and the family extra bits. just does what everyone is dreaming of doing pouring oil, hot oil <laughs> on carolers yes i never had carolers i want to talk about how these carolers got here in the reality of this film so where the carolers are standing is the doorstep of the adams family mansion now the the entire estate of the adams family is surrounded by a gate that is very selective now also the carolers are facing the audience, meaning they are not singing 
to the house. They are singing to the public that isn't there. So... I told you they're pretentious. The only thing I can think of is that the Adams family specifically invited them in so that they could pour oil on top of them. Like, this was not a crime of opportunity, is what I'm saying. I think carolers are kind of like door-to-door salesmen and Mormons. I feel like... Like, I don't think this has to do with what you just said, because I was only half paying attention. I have to. <laughs> but, like... As usual. Mm-hmm. They had to go all the way through the graveyards and stuff to get there. Like, nothing will stop them. If they're going to find... They have to find people to sing with. They have to find people to sing to, or they will die. Like, it doesn't matter if there's, like, a boot camp in front of the house. They will get to that front door to obnoxiously sing to you. Like... But these these guys aren't singing to the Adams Family. But you know what? If you're, you're saying that, but the gate also let in Fester and his mom, so mm, yeah, and it, it cut. Well, no, it tried to let the Adams family in, but they were blocked off by a chain. Yeah, maybe these are the same carolers every year, and this is an ongoing war between the carolers and the Adams. Maybe family. the judge sent them. That's possible. Because let's talk about that judge character, Mark. Because Gomez is just a jerk to this guy. And I swear I know that guy from somewhere too, but I don't know why. Yeah, he seems that very actor familiar. Must be in something else. But um, while Sarah looks that up frantically, yep. we will talk about something else. <laughs> no, no, talk um, about the judge. Why? Yes, why is Gomez so, such a jerk? So to him? Gomez goes out on his patio in the morning to play golf with himself. Um, he just. He does practices his driving yeah, right off play of with his, his patio wood, if you will. and points it straight at the judge's house and breaks in his windows. And then when the judge yells at him, he just says, oh, keep the balls. I've got a bucket full. <laughs> yeah. So like over the course of being his neighbor, like it's it's like a window a day that the Adams family is breaking in this man's house. And I well, I pointed out. That uh, the first time we see it, Gomez hits it through an upper story window and it falls in the man's cereal. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know why he's eating upstairs, but that is beside the point. Maybe it's just a big open entryway and it flew all the way in. Mm, Maybe. I did not consider that. You know more architecture stuff than I do. (laughs) Maybe it's just a weirdly built house. I don't know. Okay, uh, another scene that we should talk about. Sarah, did you look up the lawyer, by the way? Not the lawyer, uh, the he judge. He was in Sesame Street. Uh, he was in the Jeffersons. Oh, ah, did he move on well, up? Well, I could see that. His name was Harry Bentley on the Jeffersons. Uh-huh. His, name, his real name is Paul Benedict. Okay, I think mystery solved. Let's... He was also in a few of uh, Christopher Guest mockumentaries. Yeah, oh, that, like yeah. uh, Mighty Wind and uh, what's the dog one? He's I not definitely in the dog one, but he was in a mighty in wind and he though. was in waiting for Guffman. Ah, that's the one. All right. But I wanted to talk with all of our theater experience about the yes. children's play in this film. Because <laughs> my first note. You know, it's not so, even a play, it's like a talent show. So, yeah, well, kind well, of. Before, are you going to the actual play itself or are you no, going to their practicing I, at home? I want to say we will get to both of those things. I want you to talk about that. My one comment here is that the Anna's family are sitting in the audience. They're looking bored because it's a bunch of flowers singing at each other. But 
It's, I would look for it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's not that they're the Adams family. It's that they're parents at a talent show where their kids are not performing. So like the they're, film plays it up for laughs, but they're just doing what normal adults would do. But there's a very interesting thing is that most of the adults during the flower scene are like, oh, there's cute little kids. There's one normal guy that's not an Adams family member who is making <laughs> the most ridiculous faces of pain <laughs> while listening to the singing flowers. And then when the later scene, the the Shakespeare scene happens, yeah. he kind of has this look of face even covered in blood where he's like, yeah, no, this was yeah. a lot better. This is and what like, I was waiting for. Who is this guy? I want to know that guy's story. <laughs> All right, Mark, you wanted to talk about the thing before, like their practice at the home. Well, I just remember that. So when we talked about Fester earlier, it was interesting because he's trying to lie to fit in with the family but yet he fits in with the kids right away because mm-hmm. he was helping them with something. I don't remember what it was before this. He was hanging out with the kids. But then he sees them practicing their play and Wednesday gets killed or whatever for the mm-hmm. play. And he starts running down the stairs yelling, oh, that's all wrong. You need to do this and this. You need to aim for a major and artery. So apparently, I mean, I guess he was the evil con man at the begin- when we met him anyway. I so he think- would know all about how mm-hmm. to kill someone maybe. But I don't know if this is foreshadowing that he is actually fester i i took it more as foreshadowing it. yeah i took there was several moments there was that moment the there mamushka. was the mamushka there was a couple other moments yes. where it was like he knew things he shouldn't have known if he wasn't fester but he well it also cast doubt in your mind because well we know dramatic irony that he's not fester at least he doesn't have fester's memories and like he doesn't remember the combination he doesn't remember the brother's password uh, he doesn't I, remember the night he left. My thing, my thing is, this is television amnesia. Yeah, and and this is one of my issues later is the very end scene where they ex- explain this. Yeah, and and there's well, I think a reason for that. I, I that, thought we were going to get to that later, but what sure. I was, we will that was going to be my question yeah, was. Yeah. Is he actually Fester and that's what happened is he remembered or was he playing as Fester gets hit by lightning and then suddenly believes that's who he is ah. and no. the family okay. accepts it? So looking up the trivia, originally it was supposed to be left unanswered. It wasn't supposed to be – it was supposed to be whether you decided whether or not he was Fester or not. They weren't supposed to tell you. And then the cast didn't like that and so they had Christina Ricci go to the director and go – Please give us a concrete answer on what and and make this be actually Fester. They yeah. sent Christina Ricci because she's adorable. But pretty much everyone in the cast, except for Christopher Lloyd, who did not care, was like, "No, this has to actually be Fester. Yeah. We want this wrapped up." And I think that's why that scene at the end, where they're just like, "Oh, isn't it great where you got struck by lightning?" Because I don't think that scene was originally in there. I think they mm-hmm. had to add it in last really? minute. Really. Because one of the most and, iconic things about Fester is that he puts a light bulb in his mouth and it well, lights I up. I don't think you have yeah. that without being struck by the lightning. Well, I think that entire end scene, where because it's right after the lightning. I don't think the lightning, that end scene, I think that beginning part where it's him talking about the lightning mm-hmm. and him putting the light bulb in the mouth, I don't think any of that was originally in the script would be my theory. Okay. I assume that part, that beginning part of the scene was added in when the cast came in and, no, we definitely want to know whether this is Fester or not, and that's why it feels so rushed. It's just literally one sentence that says, well, isn't it great that you got struck by lightning and got your memory yeah, back? Yeah, and that's why it kind of was a throwaway sentence that I... Yeah. It was and it makes like, more eh. sense that it's a really rushed kind of throwaway mm-hmm. scene if it wasn't originally supposed to be there and it was supposed to be left to your imagination. Well, is it Fester or not? Does it matter if it's Fester? 
I guess really, not. Because in like other properties of the Adams family, like in the musical, they're unsure whose mother the the mother is. Yeah. She's just kind of well, there. It's a joke because it changes depending on which adaptation you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and then they go out to the cemetery and talk about this is mother so and so, and this is but but, and then someday Gomez and I will be buried here. But it's like, well. You aren't all originally Adams's, no. or else this is a really interesting family <laughs> it's situation. It's Gomez's going family. <laughs> right. The, in, in this movie, it's Gomez's family. The mother is Morticia's mother. It's Gomez's mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Fester and Gomez are brothers. In the original version, Fester wasn't an Adams. He was Morticia's uncle. Oh, interesting. Yes. And so all of, like... Between the different incarnations, all sorts of family relations change. It's yeah. never quite the same. Because if you think about like the play, they switch the ages. Right. In in the all the others, um, Wednesday is the younger sibling. Oh right. And in the play, she's much older. And and in the the TV show and the movie, they're within mm-hmm. a couple years. Yeah. So I like that about it, where you can never nail down the components of the family. Like you, you, all the characters are the same, but their familiar relations are all just kind of up in the air. And and I guess it's the fact that in the original cartoon, they didn't have names. They didn't super have backstories. They were just kind of these. They had like what they looked like, and it was like. You knew those two were married and stuff like that, but I don't think they really had that family history tree built into the comic. Mm. And so maybe it's just like, well, we can make it whatever we want, because if you go all the way back, there is no real answer to what is what. Right. All right. So the next thing I have a note on here is the scene that I remembered from this film, in particular a line where they have the lemonade stand. So this is after the family has lost their money. They're living at a hotel, and Pugsley and Wednesday set up a lemonade stand visited by a Girl Scout who asks, is it made from real lemons? And they reply, are your cookies made from real Girl Scouts? Uh, but and and but that girl is she shows up again in the next movie. Yes, as she a does. Character. But she's but as the same personality. Right, yeah, that's that's a good through line. The thing that I realized on this watch about it though is how poor a location this is for a lemonade stand because they are in the parking lot of a motel near a major highway. They're not gonna get a lot of passerbys here. Plus, I'm pretty sure their table is covered in like poison and arsenic. Yeah, like it's yeah. just they had bottles poison. with skulls and oh. crossbones on them. Also, so. well, it does make you breathe fire. I mean, that's a better selling point than lemonade. But Lurch is a weird Frankenstein monster. That's true. It might make him breathe fire. It might kill a human. Before we go on to the end, the other note I have is when Fester. Oh, oh go ahead. <laughs> Can we talk about the train scene? Oh, sure. Go for so it. So at one point, they go very much back and forth on whether or not the family thinks Fester is actually Fester. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes he'll do things they are like, no, it's definitely Fester. There's things like, um, he'll say things that are the right answer. Obviously, he looks like Fester. I don't quite understand because they have to shave his head at the beginning. Yeah. If it actually is Fester. It makes sense when they weren't sure if it was going to be Fester or not. When did Fester start growing hair? Was was it the Bermuda Triangle makes you grow hair? Maybe. I mean, that's how he lost his memory, supposedly. And he's also been gone for twenty some twenty five. 25. Yeah, but, but in the old in the old movies, he did not have hair. He's never had hair. Yeah, true. He's like always been bald. That I don't understand the shaving head. Anyway, the point is, but then he does like the mamushka, and that makes sense. But then there's stuff like he answers questions wrong, and so it's very back and forth. And 
Gomez being the very emotional character, bounces back and forth very aggressively between like, no, he's my brother and it's the greatest thing in the world and I get forgiveness for hitting on those Siamese twins that are <laughs> in an insane asylum now. Um, <laughs> Flora. We didn't even mention them. <laughs> One of the Very things that I like, though, was when he is talking to the doctor lady. What's her? She's trying to convince them that it is Gomez. It's And oh, first, it's of all, the, first of all, she says something about, and and they ask if it's a dark story or whatever. And she's, <laughs> oh, it's so, and, and they're like, ooh, and they get all excited <laughs> yeah. and sit yeah. down to listen. But then she's talking about, oh, well, you sent your brother away. And then the dark monster came and he goes, Pugsley. <laughs> yeah. <she's, laughs> and yes. she says, no, it's guilt. But it was still a great response from him. <laughs> that is a great, interesting. We'll go to that afterwards. But like, so Gomez, when apparently when he gets very, very upset and very sad, he goes to his train set, which yes. is this huge train set. And that makes sense. It's this big, destructive train set. That whole scene makes sense. And I like the fact that the family knows this is what happens mm-hmm. when he gets upset. Because you have him playing and then they hear the noises and they're like, oh, Gomez is at his trains. He must be really upset. And like, it's this kind of moment of them understanding each other very well. The thing I don't understand is they zoom in on the train set and there is a real person inside the train. <laughs> yes. And it's this weird Beetlejuice moment and I don't understand. Yeah, because he looks out the window uh, like William Shatner seeing a gremlin on the side of a plane. Yeah. And there's Gomez's face just cackling like the god and of his world. I'm pretty sure it is a director cameo. Is it? It is. Oh I my think. gosh. But it is never explained. No. Nothing else like it ever happens again. There's no one else on the train. It's just that one guy. And it's just the cutaway moment for a second. And then I'm just like, I don't know what happened. Well, you know, I can't argue against it, though. Because I wouldn't put it past the Addams Family to be able to shrink people down like a voodoo doctor or something. It didn't upset me. I mean, yeah. it was fine. I just didn't quite understand it. I'm like, sure, whatever. Yeah. Go with it. I mean, this could be a relative of the Adams family who just lives in this train world, even yeah. though Gomez kills him at the end. There's so many minor characters and things. I'm like, no, I, I want to know more. Tell me more. I need I need like the big book of Adams family lore that tells yes. me about every single minor character. Because later at the party, they're, yes. they're like, look at all of these relatives that are weird. And I'm like, no, tell me about everything. Yeah, oh, at the party, I swear I saw a blackula. It's possible. <laughs> Uh, um, and then, uh, Sarah, I wanted to get your opinion on the hair of this movie. Because uh, there's a specific style that the lawyer's wife wears, and then there's a bunch of different styles at the party itself, including Lumpy Adams, who Wednesday oh, dances. Lumpy Adams! He's, he's all grown up now. Yes, he sure is, even though he's still got a hunchback and braces. It's, it's very interesting, because it's, it's a very specific, stylized... They're almost this kind of retro 60s housewives hairs for a lot of them, like the lawyer's wife and the stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I still don't understand how he's a lawyer. Why were they giving him all the money? Why was he taking care of the money? If you have power of attorney or whatever. Anyway, that's not the point. (laughs) And it's it's, it's very interesting because the screenwriter... The the screenwriters for this movie, there's two of them. They also did things like Edward Scissorhands, Nightmare Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, all of these other kind of gothic horror comedies that were really really popular in the 80s 90s like it was this whole genre but a lot of them also had this thing of like 
this kind of stylized retro thing. Like you saw it in Beetlejuice a lot. You saw it in things like, um, oh, Edward Scissorhands, this kind of this throwback to an old style that wasn't quite, it's, it's very weird, but you see that at the party where it's, it's almost caricature hair. It's almost like these wig hair. Mm. Like it's not hair real people wear. It's a costume hair. Yeah. And it works really well for this movie and it works really well in these other movies because none of these, I don't know, but, but you see it in a lot of these movies in this genre where it's just well, weird hair, but it's all like, it's, it's very, <laughs> this drawn the line. You see it in, right. Edward Scissorhands has it very well, what this movie has, which is this very drawn line between here are the weird people right. and here are the happy pink house suburbanite people. Yeah, I think Beetlejuice has that as well, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, So some of the hair drove me crazy <laughs> in this film because it, it is ridiculous. Oh, it is. And it's clearly wigs, but you're right. For, like, this creepy family that can pretty much get away with anything, you just say they're an Adams, and that just solves the problem. Which is why I want to... I want to know more! (laughs) I want to know more about, like... And so, like, the happy suburbanite people have this, like, 60s, like, happy housewife, believe it to beaver sort of hair, and then you've got the Adams where it's these very, like, Victorian, gothic, like weird time period wigs and it gets that contrast and i like it i like weird costuming things yeah so the final thing i wanted to go over was their plan which they call an audible on because it wasn't going to work and ends up not working spoiler alert just a second back to the party real quick the mamushka should have been the turning point of everything yeah it is a very 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 complex specific dance yes and the fact that he knows it out of nowhere, even at the point he still thinks he's Gordon, is like, oh, isn't it weird that I just knew this? Like, it's great. I had so much fun doing this dance. No, no one else yeah. should be able to know that dance except for the Adams. You can't fake that dance. So I have a somewhat explanation for that. Because at the beginning of the dance, he really doesn't know what he's doing. It's not following Go- or Gomez's footsteps. Uh, very early in the dance, though, they collide heads, and it's like that cartoon moment where a character gets hit in the head and re- gets some of the amnesia revealed or relieved. It, it, this is very much he has uh, TV amnesia. Right. He does not have real amnesia. So Because he gets struck by lightning and he gets his memory back. Right. So, the Mark, the plan I want to talk about was the lawyer's plan with the mother and Fester as con men. Yes. So, first thing – so, the plan in general – uh, he's going to impersonate Fester. He's going to gain access to the vault. He is going to take the money from said vault, and then they will have the money. That is the plan. Uh, they get to the house. I wish though. I had a random underground pit vault like that in my oh, house. Oh, with uh, what are they? Uh, like the whole waterway underneath, yeah, like, like the, the catacombs. It's very Phantom of the Opera. No, I was going to say it's very much like. Um, Empress New Groove. Oh. With the p- pull the lever, because there's Why do all, they even have that lever? They have all of these hanging chains. Um. Depending on which... <laughs> yes, Mark? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh, oh okay. Uh, we will leave your game to be revealed by you. Yes. Um, but depending on which chain you pull, you go to a different thing. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry I ruined it for you. No, Mark. it's okay. Because uh, that actually just pulls it out already right right yeah so that is their plan but when fester arrives they go through his bag he is carrying a crowbar makes sense for getting into a vault dynamite makes sense for getting into a vault and arsenic 
is his plan to murder the Adams family. Maybe he just carries around just He's just, just in a case. crazy con man all the time, though. He tried to murder the lawyer guy before they found out that they could do this con. Right. You gotta have a backup plan, Carl. Yes, but that's the thing, is that they keep trying to get into the vault. They keep failing, and their audible plan, which they only learned because the Adams threw a party, is that if he is Fester, he owns the house. I, I love the fact that they kind of capone them. Yeah. Instead of, like, they're like, well, we can't do this the easy way of just get in and steal the money. We're going to, like, legal loophole them. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to get a judge who hates you because you're a jerk to him. And yet they still can't get in because they still can't figure out the right chain. And they just get thrown through the sewer. Yeah, so... The other question here is in that chain room, which is behind a hidden, a room hidden behind a bookcase, or is every other chain a bad chain? I don't know. They might not think the sewer is a bad chain. They probably think it's a fun. Maybe they don't all do something. But the ones that we see, there's one good chain goes into a a a slide into a uh, a sewer dungeon. Uh, where it plays like this weird uh, klezmer circus music as you go down the slide. Every other one is like this claw comes from the ceiling and washes you out of the house. It's true. It's a lot of sewer leave. (laughs) But the interesting thing where they come out, there's two doors labeled Pugsley and Wednesday. So apparently the kids do this on purpose. Yes. So this does, this comes up when Wednesday discovers the secret and escapes Fester this, she goes through a trap door in her bedroom and comes out this door. So this so, is just the escape tunnel for Wednesday, as as well as a flushing room for evil people who are trying to get into the vault. Maybe it's just the like all-encompassing exit, emergency exit. But only for the children. The parents will go well, down with the house. <laughs> well, obviously. That's the romantic way to do it. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about, like... The actual performance of the play, where they are they're doing the Shakespeare sword <laughs> Cut fight. Off arms and legs. Oh God, the um, great acting. The amount of blood, guys. The amount of so, blood. So what I was trying to decide is. Was this fake arms and hands, or did they actually cut off their own arm and then no, reattach it for the next fake, scene? No, it's fake arms because Fester gives them an arm. Yeah, right? Fester gives, gives them the prosthetics. When was yeah. this? I don't when he comes at the very Fester comes end. backstage before going in the audience uh, and says, "I changed my mind. I'm coming. I'm coming to help," yeah. and gives them the bag. So yeah, he throws them a bag, and then they start go through it, and a hand comes out of the bag. Yes. Now, okay, I did how where Pugsley's other arm was and how he was fighting with a prosthetic, I don't know. That makes and where no all sense. the blood was coming they from. They got a lot of money. They got really, really high tech. Maybe it's Thing. Maybe one of them is Thing. <laughs> but <laughs> that would be great if it starts crawling across the From stage a theater afterwards. perspective, this is entirely too much blood. Because it is soaking the wooded floors of the stage, as well as putting the first three rows of this audience in a splash zone and ruining their clothing. Wouldn't you love I mean, to be it woke in them up the from audience, though? Terrible flower song. Would I want the audience, Mark? You'd love to be in the audience for that show. Uh, maybe like I'd wear a poncho, five rows though. back. Sure. No, you just wear a poncho. It's the best fun. part is then after all the blood sprays everywhere, everybody's just sitting there stunned yeah. and the whole Adam Except family stands up we... and starts clapping. No, and the weird guy. The weird guy who liked it. The one Amon Adam's family guy who hated the flowers. 
Who is my new favorite character? All right, now let's let's move on to the ending where the the Adams family is poor. They are living in a hotel. Uh, actually, Gomez fun, is living off of daytime TV and cereal. Uh, fun story. The um, this is actually the same hotel that the mother and Fester were in. I know this because in the background there is a terrible, terrible portrait, which is a bad rendition of JFK and Martin Luther King. Uh, and that picture is in both of these rooms. So, uh, so Morticia goes to see Fester for some reason. I think to maybe play with him to bring Gomez back to the house. It's unclear why she goes there. Do you guys have an opinion on that? Why does she go back to the house? She wanted to meet Cousin It. Cousin It wasn't there, Mark. <laughs> That's my explanation. <laughs> All right. Take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she goes there and they take advantage of the situation to torture her to find yeah, out what she's just lever. Trying to, to change Fester's mind. Okay. I, yeah. I thought she was looking for Fester because he was supposed she... to be there getting the money while they were all at the play. Well, because they get locked out. Or are you talking about after that? The, the end, where Morticia goes talk. from the hotel back to the house. I think the reason she goes to talk to Fester is the fact that... Oh, uh, oh, oh, I'm thinking Gomez is like... I thought so. ...sad and moping and eating cereal. And I think the reason Morticia goes to talk to him is because they haven't actually talked to Fester. They talked to the lawyer, and mm. I think that's maybe the judge. They haven't actually face-to-face talked to Fester. Well, okay. didn't when she showed up, somebody answered the door and she said she was there to see Fester? Right, that is true. Uh, the lawyer answers the door. Yeah, because I think everything after they get kicked out of the house goes through other people. And I think maybe she thinks, well, if I go directly to Fester, maybe I can convince him where I can't convince a lawyer mm. or a judge. That is fair. Maybe there's and, a deleted scene that they didn't show us be- that Because, I mean, the lawyer <laughs> hates Gomez and Fester... Thinking at this point, they're still thinking he is Fester, which he is, but that's complicated. Anyway, they can be like, your brother's sad. Why have you made your brother sad? Will you stop making your brother sad? <laughs> yeah, she's definitely trying to mother their relationship. Yeah. <sighs> Dang it. Uh, if you've noticed a weird time jump in the audio, it's because Sarah's sister just called and we had to sit through the entire phone call while Sarah figured out what the dress code was for a wedding. Anyway, uh, we were we had figured out how Morticia got to the house, why she was going there, uh, which comes my favorite scene because Thing follows her, and then he has to scurry back to the hotel oh, to tell Thing Gomez. Doing charades? Sorry, it's it's Thing kind of doing charades to try to tell Gomez. Yes, he does charades. Oh, he so does funny. sign language. Well, he, he yeah, tra- he actually did sign language first. But apparently he was going too fast and Gomez couldn't understand him. So then he did this charade. And then he switched uh, to Morse code. And that's where Gomez finally figured out that Morticia was in danger. It, it is some A plus physical humor oh, going on in this. Yes. This is the thing I love about Thing. Because Thing is just a hand. But he's still like compelling to watch. And he steals the scene in every scene he's in. Well, there's so many characters in Adam's family in general and in this movie that are non-verbal. So you have Cousin It, you have Thing, you have Lurch. None of them speak English. They might grunt or or <laughs> do some kind of <laughs> noise, but, but none of them are verbal. And yet they're such compelling characters. They have complete characters. They have personalities. You know 
what they're all about, even though they don't say a word. Right. Uh, and I, the thing that I remember as a kid that even watching back at it, the lighting in this hotel scene is wrong for me because I am convinced when I look at it that it is the next day that like this morning has come and Thing is trying to explain this thing to Gomez in morning because we can't see any of the outside. It's a well-lit scene. There's no suggestion that this is nighttime. Uh, but it inevitably is, and Gomez is able to get to the house that night. It's just the the communication of the light in the scene fooled me as a child and fooled me on my first watch as to when this scene takes place. I think I felt that kind of way too. Yeah, but I think it's it, it's kind of like that feeling when you're like. It doesn't help that he was eating cereal at the time. Yeah, exactly. He's a sad, depressed man. It's kind of the opposite feeling of like when you're in a movie theater and you come out at a matinee and you come outside and it's still bright outside and you're like, this is wrong. Right. It was just nighttime. It's this brightly lit room and you go outside and it's like, it shouldn't be dark. There's so many lights. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Anyway, so, so Gomez breaks in. He has a sword fight, which I really enjoyed, and I oh, I wanted him to cut the lawyer's head off. Okay, so this this is my note that I could not figure out earlier, that the note was just knock it off. So Gomez finds Morticia tied to this oh, torture rack, yes. and they do their thing, which is they're constantly like breaking the conversation with their lovey-dovey talk, and they're like, oh, the only torture would be to be separated from you, and they do, like, the violins swell, and they're about to kiss... And um, what's her name? Bad guy is just like, knock it off. And the violence just cut out. <laughs> and it just stops. And I just thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing. Because it's like, even the well, soundtrack is And then it was stops. leather straps, red hot pokers. Yeah. Like, uh, later, but, but darling. Like they're cut, but like, even the, the music is within their own little dream world. Yeah. And what's her name is just done. With yes. it. She's like, nope, you're not getting in the way of my plan. But I did love Kirk. that Gomez loses this fight because he forgets guns are a thing. He just has <laughs> well, always so fought with fashioned. swords. He's so old fashioned. Like, he's like, I like my fancy clothes and I like my swords and I like my cigars. And what is. Although I could see him having like a really old fashioned, like, pistol. Yeah. Like a single shot like a one, you, yeah, yeah, like a like a musket or a pistol, something like that. He would have, mm-hmm. yeah. You can't see and him with like a handgun. So this scene resolves with the mother revealing that she found Fester and did not birth Fester, which may have been part of that whole situation you were describing. Uh, yeah. And Fester turning on his partners in crime and opening up a what Hurricane Irene was that the name of the book. I don't remember. I just know they opened it earlier. No, no, no. He earlier it was gone. With gone the with the wind, and oh, the sun right. also rises. He does That's a sunbathing routine with. Uh, but he opens this up. It saves the day. These two people die, and we end on Halloween. They no, they did not they, die. I they wanted, might be dead. They, might be they dead. flew out of the house and landed in graves. And Pugsley and Wednesday were waiting for them and started burying them. Uh, so they were buried alive then. Maybe Possibly. buried unconscious. Because they are not moving when they hit there. The the finale scene, which, except for the rushed explanation of what happened to Fester, I really like. Yeah. I don't Cause, understand cause what Wake the Dead is, though. They're unburying all their relatives. Okay. I mean, sure. I don't That's know if they, they literally come to, to life. To go out there. But, uh... 
an interesting thing to me is we we debate it between this movie and A Nightmare Before Christmas. And the reason we didn't do Nightmare Before Christmas because we couldn't decide whether it was a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie because it starts in Halloween and ends in Christmas, whereas this film starts at Christmas and ends in Halloween. And I'm yeah. not sure, like, is this a Halloween movie? It certainly ends there. They're certainly creepy enough for it. Gothic, so I consider it Halloween. Yeah, but Nightmare Before Christmas isn't. I don't know. It's both, so I can watch it at both <laughs> holidays. That's what it's considered. Okay. My final note here is that uh, Pugsley is dressed up as Uncle Fester for Halloween, which I thought was adorable. And they are posing for a a picture, they call it, which is a portrait that Lurch is painting and Pugsley insists that Fester puts the light bulb in and that gets a part of the picture where Lurch Lurch could just paint that in. He doesn't need a life model for it. It's like old style Photoshop. You can just paint whatever you want. And Wednesday's dress is a psychopath? A psychopath because they look like everyone else. Clothes. Yes. Cause she says they look like they look like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think. Oh, oh. I have one more oh. note. Did you guys stay and watch the credits? Uh, no. Yes. I think it's because I hated the typography of the credits of this film. That was your problem. Uh, yes. Your problem was not the '90s era rap ending credits. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't listen to that. My problem That's was he said he didn't watch it the, for both the opening and the ending credits. It's this terrible font. Uh, when they when they show the Adams family, the is huge. Adams is written in like script, so you can barely read it. Yeah. And then family is in yet another font below it. But no, that was not my issue. My issue was definitely that. Why was that a thing in like the eighties and nineties? Like credit scene rap. It's it's a rap remix now. Like, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, I don't even know who did. We it. have to explain everything in rap, oh, Sarah. Oh, That's how oh, we reach no. the children. It might have been done by MC Hammer. No. Uh, no. I'm not kidding. No. <laughs> well, I mean, Ninja Turtles. Uh, that was Vanilla the, Ice. The second, the second one ended with Vanilla Ice. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. No, actually, that wasn't credits. That, that was when, in the film. That was a yes, scene yes, in the movie. But they're like, this, this rap music, this is really getting a foothold in youth culture. It must be <laughs> everywhere, but it's still got to be family friendly, mm-hmm. guys. That's right. We, we, we got children like- watching this. There's no cursing here. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for long form. Let's go on to games. Game time. Our first game is the pitch game. Uh, where we tell you what this movie is in terms of other movies or TV shows or properties in the form, it's this meets this. So, Mark, you are going to start us off here. What is Adam's Family in terms of other things? I have a disclaimer. Oh. Because we may have already talked about one of these earlier in this episode, That's and fine. Carl told me that we can't because it's a TV oh, show. Oh, no. However, I, I have seen Mark, him we've... use TV shows before. Mark, we've, so... we've done Radio Shack before. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so, uh, because it's a comedy about a strange family that seems out of place in modern society, and 
a family that is basically monsters but acts strangely by societal standards. I have Dark Shadows meets the Munsters. Where the Munsters are basically a a mirror image is what I said because the Adams family look like normal people, most of them, Mm -hmm. but they act strange. Where the Munsters are all creepy monsters but they try to act like normal people. Interesting. Yeah. We need to rewatch the Munsters. Yeah, Monsters is a great TV show. Anyway, my first one here. Uh, Since this is a movie where a character pretends to be someone for their own personal gain, only to discover they actually are that person but had amnesia, and this is a campy horror film with seances, mansions, a morbid pale girl, and on-screen character deaths, this is Anastasia meets Beetlejuice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because this is a weird family that lives by rules of weird morbid and because the bad guy is a horrible shruva woman that is trying to steal something from someone's big creepy mansion it is halloween town meets casper Ooh, yeah i nice. could not remember what she was trying to steal in casper was it the immortality serum no well i think it was the treasure but the treasure turned out to be a baseball glove <gasps> right yeah yeah i just remember that what's her name was like that movie was trying to, like, con her way in and steal the stuff from the basement. Yeah. Oh, well, that may come up again. Uh, Mark, what's your second <laughs> one? Okay, so a comedy about dark-slash-creepy subject matter and or people, and because it's two grown men trying to be brothers, but they have a falling out and then reconcile their differences, <laughs> I have young Frankenstein meet stepbrothers. <laughs> oh, no. I've never seen stepbrothers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see it. That's a good match. I tell you, these are kind of stretching it. Yeah, well, here's my next one. Oh, my l- next one stretches it more than that. <laughs> oh, so just wait. <laughs> this is a movie where Christina Ricci being creepy and throwing parties living in a mansion with giant hidden chambers, abandoned bedrooms, and secret treasure... Uh, and a movie with secret passageways, dead bodies, hidden guns, creepy butlers, exotic and disgusting foods, and a man going home to sleep with his wife. This is Casper meets Clue. Hey, Clue's got Christopher Lloyd, too. That's true. How did I miss that? <laughs> um, because this is a movie we couldn't decide if it was Halloween's last Christmas and is kind of creepy and gothic. Yep. Meets a movie where someone attempts to pretend to be somewhat a member of the family, this is Nightmare Before Christmas meets While You Were Sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) I could not come up with any... I kept Googling and trying to... I'm like, I know there's a bunch of con movies where Mm -hmm. someone tries to be a family member. I could not think of a single one. Um, And all I came up with was While You Were Sleeping. Matchstick Men, I think, has one. Yeah, she pretends to be the daughter. Yeah. But all I came up with is while you were sleeping, while she, where she pretends to be the fiance, and ends up with Bill Pullman anyway instead of eyebrows. You could oh, the Italian job, what except is, uh, I guess she actually was the one guy's daughter. The talented movie, Mr. So Ripley. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Mark, you have one more, I think. Yes. You have to kill him first. Um, now these were just two movies that had specific scenes that reminded me that that I was reminded of from this movie because we have vines that come to a life and attack a person and because pulling the chain wrong chain (laughs) we have Jumanji meets Emperor's New Groove oh very nice 
yes, well done. All right, let's go on to our second game, which is alternate tagline, a word or phrase you would see after the title on the movie poster for the film that kind of encompasses the theme of the film, though hopefully for us misses the point. So Mark, you're going to start us off again here. Whoa. Yeah, what is your tagline for the Adam's Head? Uh, oh. The creepiest, kookiest heist movie of the year. Ooh. All right. Mine, um, specifically for us, because we were debating between this and another film, mine is The Addams Family, A Nightmare After Christmas. Thank you. I'm, I'm sorry for this one, Kara. <laughs> oh, no. The Addams Family. In this family, everybody lends a hand. Dang oh. it. You literally just took the second <laughs> one. <laughs> Okay, yeah. actually, it's close enough. Well, well, yeah. To get the family back together, even the pet lends a hand. <laughs> uh, He's not a pet. He's a butler. What? 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 Well, yeah. Lurch is the butler. Lurch is the butler. Manservant is better. No, well, is he a man? Valet. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Well, sir, one of them I did not do, uh, but I'll read here because it's in the similar vein as your. Uh, the Adams family. They're dying to meet you. Yeah. Uh, but that that's a different thing. It is, it is. So Mark, one of yours got stolen. Do you have another one? Or is that I it? do not. All right. That was that was my two. All right. And then Sarah, you are out as well? I am out. All right. So I'll finish us off here. Um so this one it is Wednesday, maybe Pugsley, but uh, I picture the poster is Wednesday, she's holding an apple and a crossbow, and it's just Adam's family. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> uh, and finally, it's the Adams family. Sometimes you can judge a book by its cover. Ah. <laughs> Does that count as a pun, or is it just a good tagline? I don't know. Uh, let's go on to our third game, which is a TV guide game, something you would see for the description of the plot of the film as you would see in a TV guide or Netflix description. Um, again, hopefully missing the point for us. Mark, you'll start us off yet again. I have to decide which one I want to do. Mine, this, okay, so this is more uh, not really a fake one, I guess, yeah. now that I'm reading it again. It sounded better when I wrote it at one in the morning, but <laughs> a con man pretends to be a long-lost family member, but the family keeps him anyway because they love him more than their own brother. Aww. Aww. That's very sweet. So mine, this is a, uh, the Adams Family, is a tragedy where a struggling lawyer gets in a bad way with worse people, turning to one last-ditch effort to get rich quick. After some success, the money is never quite in his grasp before he loses his last client and his wife and dies an early death. Okay. My first one is just, normal healthy family has family reunion. <laughs> Yes, Yay. you would see the Adams family as a normal, healthy family. <laughs> they talk as a family. They have family dinners. Gram they take care of their elderly relatives. Oh, it's, it's very it, sweet. Yeah. That is a normal, healthy family. Uh, so... The reason I did this one second, I actually wrote it first, but I always like to keep the good ones for the end, and then Carl almost stole it. Ah. A crooked lawyer conspires against a macabre family and lands in an early grave. Ooh. All right, my final one is quite simply, The Adams Family is a movie where a rich idiot ruins the lives of everyone not related to him. <laughs> I, yep. 
a suburban family learns that lawyers are the real evil. <laughs> I had to change that because originally it said accountants because apparently <laughs> I did really think that guy was an accountant. They kept giving him money. Yeah, yeah it was for the monthly expenses. But they, Yeah, but why would a lawyer be doing that? That would be the money people. Wouldn't I, that be an accountant? I think he's both. I think the Adams are idiots, so maybe they hired a lawyer as their accountant. I don't know. Maybe they're just paying their lawyer for whatever he does for them, but I don't know what he does for them. But I was confused. Like, he yes. didn't seem to do any lawyerly things. No, no, he did not. Except for taking just court pay a lawyer to steal a their money. case full of gold coins, though. Yeah, of doubloons. Anywho, let's go on to our reviews. Our first review scale is that of the potato scale, where we rate uh, the emotions we felt while watching this film in terms of our relationships with potatoes. So, who would like to start? Who has a review for this movie? What is Adam's Family in terms of potatoes? It's very weird, and I feel like I use this one all the time. Um, but I'm gonna give it a mashed potatoes. There's just... I, I said at the beginning, but the Adam's Family, as weird as they are, is they're not... I think there's a tendency of, like, there's the, like... <laughs> You see it a lot with, like, it's, like, the Hot Topic plots where it's, like, to be, like, weird, we have to be unhealthy and we fight and we hate each other and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But, but no, I can, like, weird, macabre, ancient stuff, but not have to, like, have weird, dysfunctional families. And so I like that it's, like, there's this family that loves each other and it's them pulling together and, and bringing the family back together. And in the end, they're more together and they love each other more and they're doing family outings and it makes me happy. Aww. And they bond together to save themselves from the evil lawyers. <laughs> All right. Well, I was so very close to giving this movie a Five Guys Fries. So it's not necessarily my favorite movie, but for what it tries to be, it accomplishes it. Like, oh, yeah, it and is. like, have the effects aged? Certainly they have. But you don't we, care because the Adams family are just that charming that you're wrapped and, up in the world and these crazy things just fit in that world perfectly. And they're not this, and, and it's not trying to be this high special effects, mm -hmm. everything has to be perfect. So if it ages a little and things aren't perfect, it doesn't ruin it because it wasn't trying to have the most perfect effects to start with. Right. It's the perfect level of camp in a movie yeah. where you certain things don't quite work, but you don't really care because you're invested we, in the nonsense that is this film. But we need like a second place potato. We yes, don't have that at the moment. The thing that ruined it for me was that accent. I couldn't stand any time that person playing this German accent was on screen. And so those scenes were largely unwatchable for me. But I am going to agree with your mashed potatoes because it is homey and heartwarming. And I'm also going to give it a potato casserole, which is layers for different audiences. I think, oh, this, yeah. I think this appeals to adults. I think it would appeal to children. I think it is wholesome enough that adults could watch it with children. So that is my review. It is a mashed potato potato casserole. I'd agree with that. Or a mashed potato casserole. Mark, what do you got? <sighs> <laughs> so I actually could not get into this that much. <laughs> I I I knew this. I mean, from the, watching the TV show, and I knew it's just kind of campy and fun, but it didn't really do anything for me watching it. 
So I can see where you're coming mm-hmm. from with mashed potatoes. It makes sense for the whole plot line and the family coming together at the end. And I was going to say potato casserole. There are all those layers for different things, but we also have the raw potato, which is bland. Hmm. And I know you two are going to kill me. No, go but for it. It's you your review. I, it's your review. I just, wrong, but you can I have just, an opinion. Yeah, yeah thanks. Um... I don't know, just watching it, nothing, I I knew that there were parts that were supposed to be funny, I just didn't have any big laugh out loud moments, or any of those get excited about the final showdown scene or anything, it was just kind of there, and I... I don't know. There are the different layers. I think, just like what you said, it's definitely a family movie that everybody could watch together. Mm-hmm. But for me, it just didn't do anything. Hmm. I well, okay. Did you give it a potato, or is it just mashed? I think. No, you said raw. Raw, raw potato raw casserole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would agree with you in part because uh, I watched this a film again. I watched uh, anyway. I watched this film again last night because we were supposed to do this last week, and I needed a refresher on the film. Watching it twice within that short span, the the second time was a lot less rewarding. So I think this, I might also give this, I think it's um, our McDonald's fries maybe, where this is, it's good once in a while. Because, um, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of revisibility if you've seen it recently. It's only with the uh, the expanse of years that this really pays off and you're like oh yeah that was a pretty good film but you wouldn't watch it every year i would but i am weird (laughs) anyway uh but also i've we've had in the past with movies where things you guys thought was really slow mm -hmm. i didn't mind as much and i don't know if it's because i'm weird or because i multitask when i watch (laughs) movies so it doesn't bother me well that could be it i i try to watch a movie where i'm just watching the movie my brain can't do that. All right. Well, let's go Sorry, on to audience. our second rating scale, which is a rewatchability scale. A scale from zero to ten to decide if you should go back and watch this movie. Uh, I don't have a good zero ten. Maybe zero, bury it in a grave, and ten, raise the dead. Uh, <laughs> so what did you guys give it on that scale? Would you go back and watch this film? I give it an eight and a half. And I will agree that it is a little slow building at the beginning, introducing, like, the universe and the world. It, it, it is very gentle in the way it does that. It's it The, the fast, exciting clip-clip through mm-hmm. gets probably about halfway through when it starts doing that. That didn't bother me. I was invested in the world. I liked all the little details and stuff. The reason I really wouldn't put it higher is it isn't my favorite Adam's Family movie. Hmm. I like Adam's Family values more. Okay. And so I can't give it a nine mm-hmm. because... It's not as good as that one. I think the other one's more interesting. At least I assume so. We're based off. The, yeah. I haven't seen Adam's Family Values we in a couple of years, but it. I always remember that being my favorite of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because normally you think sequels aren't normally as good as the original. But I really liked Adam's Family Values. We talked about I like the replacement of the grandma. I like the whole summer camp aspect. I like um, what's her name, um, Joan Cusack, oh, right. as the fiance. I, I think it's a little quicker paced and. I think they really learned from some of the stuff in the original. So only eight and a half loses points for being a little slow at the beginning and for not being Adam's family values. Hmm. All right. Well, I can definitely uh, agree with that. I think my rating is going to be somewhere around there as well. Um, 
I think I've already said in my review on it that, you know, there's a certain character I don't enjoy and that they're... Um, Carl hates Germans. I do. I hate all Germans. I'm a reverse Nazi. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. Don't. Oh, God, it's already recorded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> clip, clip, clip. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think once in a while, it's good to go back and watch this film, maybe once every five years. Uh, so I think I'm going to be right around there with an eight. I think that's where I'd rate the film. It's good if you haven't seen it in a while. So don't watch it too much in one sitting. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I don't think I ever actually saw this when it originally came out Mm -hmm. and I still wasn't entirely impressed with it. Maybe it's just the... I don't have that had, the had memories you... of watching it growing up mm. but I would I still think it's worth if you have not seen it it's something worth watching as as itself to make your own opinion of it but so I would probably put it lower than what either of you would. I was thinking more in the range of a six. <laughs> <laughs> All but, right. No, that's um, fine. Yeah. But you but haven't seen I, Adam's it, Family it, Values either? I have not seen any of them, probably. Yeah, I think but that one it, may be more interesting because they introduce a new character and it's a lot like their relationships with this new baby. Well, yeah, and we I am usually a pretty open-minded person, so f- sometimes. So for me, yeah. if if it's something that you haven't watched ever, it's definitely worth watching at least once to make up your own mind. But for me, it was just... I don't know. It's it's worth watching every now and then, like Carl said, mm-hmm. but it's still something. I guess I just didn't enjoy it as much as some of the other movies that we have reviewed. Mark is in a goth, so uh, he doesn't understand it. Well, Mark, that's also true. Do you actually care I mean, that, about that life? That could be why Sarah God, loves it so much. I was never a goth, but I think it's because I was not allowed to dye my hair black as <laughs> a high schooler. Uh, I was blonde. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to close us out. Uh, Sarah, you want to tell people where they can find us online, should they choose to do so? Yes. You can find us at Facebook at Retrograding Pod. No, you can't. That's wrong. No, that's our <laughs> that's our Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> our debunked Twitter. It still exists. If you would like to, to bring it back at any yeah. point, if you're interested in that, it's fine, but until we have fans of it, also if you are interested, tr- teach us how to use Twitter. <laughs> That's true. Too. <laughs> you can find us at Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. You can find each other on Facebook at Retrograding Party Lines. Yes. You can find um, us on Retrograding.fireside.fm, and you can find us by just typing in Retrograding into iTunes in the podcasting section. Please, if you like this give us a like give us a review on itunes share us on facebook with your friends tie up some friends force them to listen to an episode yes. anything you <laughs> want to do with that to to spread the word we'd love some new audience members and if you're um, looking to great. participate we are trying to make it a bit more interactive on our sites whereas our fireside site will just host the episodes that you can find our facebook page we are going to be giving clues to our next movie that you can participate and get a shout out uh, retrograding party line we're going to be doing polls where you can vote on what your favorite taglines are for each episode uh, in fact uh, we recently had one for our movie that went up the movie ants was guest by sarah's sister and probably our number one fan kit kate collins or kit cat collins uh <laughs> whoever you want to call her but thank you for participating we all love you here kit is, is tori gonna be okay with the fact that we called kate our number yeah uh, well tori is a little bit behind on episodes so <sighs> until she catches up yes 
It's fine. We still love you, Tori. <laughs> yes, we do. All right. So uh, let's go on to our final segment, which is, guys, I learned something today. So... You thought of one? Uh, well, hmm, well, <laughs> uh, I think I'm just going to have to go the more wholesome route instead of being funny. Uh, number one lesson I learned here is don't soak your audience without preparation because, boy, howdy, did they Always look pissed. Always bring ponchos. That's a good lesson. Uh, ponchos for the splash zone. But I think the the more wholesome in... Um, the spirit of this episode, the more wholesome lesson here is just let your freak flag fly, be who you are, and then you will find people who are like you and you'll start your own family and just have a weird family. Hey, I just thought of one. Oh, go, please save this. Don't let a woman come between your family ah. because that's what breaks up the brothers beforehand. That's right. It is brotherhood and family is more important than a conjoined twin who gets sent back to the insane asylum. That is true. So stay strong as a family, guys. All right. That's going to Also, oh. always judge a book oh. by its cover. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to close us out for this episode of Retrograding. We will catch you next time. And this, wait, nope, that's not how that starts. <laughs> Isn't it? Ye- <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Hey, it wasn't me this time. Are we stopping and starting over? No, you just need you to be quiet for two seconds or get a cold start. No. No, I have to find something real quick and it's going to make noise. So you're going to have to cut this out for a minute. Nope, this is going to the bloopers. <laughs> I have note and i know it's from the end but i cannot quite figure out what i was talking about (laughs) what does it say it just says knock it off (laughs) that could be literally anything i'm so sorry i'm so sorry do we have a song for the bloopers because that would be something to work on oh wait i found it is what is it okay are you gonna tell us no we have to get back into the the ending it's in the ending yeah dang it turn off Sorry. Ugh, it's that sister of mine. This is how she gets mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> I thought I turned this on mute. How do I turn Why it on mute? Why don't you just unplug it? Because uh, yeah. I don't know how. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I don't know how to turn it off. Hello? Oh, weird. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Um, we're, I'm on speakerphone from the base because I'm in the middle of recording. So now you're a blooper. <laughs> Let's go on to games. It's called Adam's Groove, That's, and it's done. I'm sorry, by that MC didn't make it. I said the games thing. We're in, we're in weird space now. <laughs> Got legs. She knows how to use them. Got legs. Knows how to use them. She got legs. Knows how to use them. It's fine. She doesn't watch these. Listen to these. I always say watch. I watch with my ears. (laughs) I watch with my ears.